Hi guys, uh, the episode that you're just about to listen to is generously sponsored by our affiliates Board Game Crate. Board Game Crate uh, provide a monthly subscription service where they get fresh new games delivered straight to your door. Just head over to www.boardgamecrate.co.uk and furthermore, if you use our discount code UnluckyFrogIsAwesome, all lowercase, all one word, you'll get a cheeky little discount. It's easy to remember because it's true. Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Uh, you are joined by your usual hosts here, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. Ben, how are we doing? OG hosts tonight. OG, yes, kicking it old school. Yeah. I, I, I sound so white when I say that. Yeah, we just can't help it. <laughs> anyway, we are here. Um, the meat of the episode, the main course, if you will. The, is, the entree. Yeah, is going to be our retrospective of 2019. We sound really white, don't we? I, I mean, we, we are doing a podcast about tabletop games, so maybe it just can't be avoided. Witness the whiteness, people. Witness me! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're going to get to that in a moment. We do have a few things to, to cover off before we do that. Uh, we've got a correction. Do we? Yes, and I, I deliberately haven't mentioned this to you. My bonus on Solway story... Right. Yeah. My dad has contacted me and told me that I've got it oh, wrong. Dear. Okay. Okay. So, what I was with cor- correct with... This, so, this was from two episodes ago? Was the this first is two, episode epi- of the two episodes yeah. ago, right? So, what I was correct with was that a gang of Scots uh, like rode across the Solway, tried to nick one of the bells. Uh, there, there was a period of time where this was like an average weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but uh, this was hundreds of years ago. So, um, and they did they did try and get it back across the Solway and dropped it in the the Solway Firth because they couldn't. It was sinking the boat. Yeah, capsizing it. What I got wrong was that that was not the end of the petty theft. Okay. The English went across to Annan and uh-huh. nicked one of Annan's church bells, but unlike the Scots were successful in getting it back. So it is actually Annan's church bell that is in the church in Bonus on Solway to this day. Uh And it is a vicar from Annan who comes across and asks for the bell back. Not the other way around. So, sorry about that. Uh, I mean, I don't care. It's It's the fact that this this town's whole history is is built around it. I mean, it it says a lot about... I I will have you know, the Bonus on Solway's main history, its main contribution to the history of the the UK, is being the end of Hadrian's Wall. That is the... That is the most important thing about that place. But, and it but, was a Roman you, fort. But you never talk about that. You always talk about this this petty theft. Yeah, because that's much funnier. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, we all know what Hadrian's Wall is. Like, yeah. uh, not nothing. There's nothing hilarious about that. I really like the mental image of these gangs just going right. Well, you know, well, they took our bell. Let's go take theirs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, yes. Weird. 
on to <laughs> on to uh, things relating to board games. What we've neglected to do is uh, that we have a giveaway for Genki, uh, Genki Gear T-shirt. Whoop whoop. Yes. So. Uh, you guys, before Christmas, you were sharing our posts about Genki Gear and the uh, t-shirt designs that Ben and I were handsomely sporting, if I may say so myself. It, exceedingly handsome, Yes, some would say. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, do you know what, Ben? There are 18 potential winners here. Okay. Do we have a 20-sided die stand? Well, why don't I just pick a number? Because I can't see them. From, from my vantage for the, point. For, for the clarity... For, 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 the, for the purpose of the tape, Ben is not looking at this. For the benefit of the tape. And okay. uh, we are just picking them at so random. So if this goes to court... Yeah, this was at random. So, Ben, number. Eight. It's Mr. Ewan Bowers. Ewan... We'll, uh, we'll get in touch with you yeah, and you, you can... Uh, you can, you can pick... be a dapper Dan along yes. with... Not that you're not always. Uh, that was very nearly Charlotte, by the way. Was it? Okay. <laughs> so so know, Charlotte won't be winning a T-shirt. Indeed she will not. But, uh, yeah, you and we'll, uh, we'll be in touch and we'll, we'll get you sorted out with a T-shirt. And uh, do check out Genki Gear. They get some fantastic original designs. They do have a whole range of... Uh, tabletop gaming themed yes. t-shirts now the one I was wearing uh, I picked I had a choice of a couple and I picked um, I picked the one that had a character just saying bugger because yeah. northern England yes the, so, very, very, <laughs> so very fitting it spoke to me <laughs> resonated with yeah. you yeah. yeah so no absolutely check them out and we'll include a link to their shop in the yep. show notes. Uh, congratulations, Mr. Bowers. Yes, congratulations. And without further ado, shall we dive into our retrospect on 2019? So uh, where, where are we going to... So we'll begin with... Like last year, we're going to do four categories. Yes. We so are... we've, we've got... Uh, game of the year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have best original artwork... For a tabletop game, we've had we had to slightly. Oh right, okay, yeah. We had to slightly rework the wording of this <laughs> because uh, basically we we realised that a lot of games reuse assets. Yes. So uh, there's that. Mm-hmm. So so in order to win best artwork, it has to be the first time that this that the artwork is used in a game. In a game. Yeah. Uh, we've got best miniatures range. Yes. And then we have. Best expansion slash new, new edition. edition because there's a lot of new editions. Yes. So what what will we start with then? Should we should we just start with that last one? We'll start with the best expansion slash new edition. So um, we'll, I'll get this right out of the way right now. Yep. Neither of us have had a chance to play Dune. <laughs> no, and I think that's that's probably the big one as far as new editions this year because you just could not get it anywhere. Yeah. Um, and. It is a really, really good game, apparently. We did not get a chance to No, play. I haven't played it, so I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, everyone who has played it loves it. Yeah. In fact, uh, Thomas down in Geekaboo was uh, telling him about his... He had, uh, one game that uh, was over very, very quickly, and then it started up again, and it lasted the entire night. So it yeah. can be uh, <laughs> unpredictable. I, I do I do really like the, the June IP. I've mm. never seen... The crazy eighties film. Oh, with Sting. 
No, I've never seen the film, but I have read the book, mm-hmm. and and I really enjoyed it. Yes, and it, it's um, it's completely unique as far. I mean, that I think there's probably a lot of sci-fi that nods to it now, and is influenced by it, but it's it is its own thing. I have neither read the book nor watched the film. All I know is that it's got giant worms and something about spice being important. Still suits. What? Well, they all wear the still suits on the planet, June, because water is such a precious resource. So they all wear suits that recycle their own moisture. Oh. Gotta do what you gotta do on June. Yeah, but maybe don't live on Dune. Right. <laughs> he, he who controls the spice also drinks his own piss, apparently. Wow. Words of wisdom right there. <laughs> uh, so, it's spoilers, it's not Dune because we didn't play it and no. we're, we're not going to give a, a, a nod to something we haven't played. So what does that leave us with? It leaves us predominantly with expansions to games that we already play, I guess the lifestyle games you would call them so yes card uh, games always get expansions and, and then like uh, well we both play war games and there was a slew of expansions there's always expansions for them so, so let's let's wade through some of those uh, Magic the Gathering as you all know I play Magic the Gathering quite a bit uh, 2019 was not a good year um, <laughs> each each set it started off okay mm-hmm started off with um, with uh, Ravnica Allegiance which was fine and Ravnica's always like a fan favourite right yeah it's cor- corporate safe for, for wizards yeah the next set was War of the Spark which its gimmick was um, all the planeswalkers all the planeswalkers I uh, see a lot of people complaining about that because planeswalkers are they're, they're busted yeah yeah. and there's a couple of broken ones printed in that set um, core set 2020 I don't know why the, the 2020 and 2019 and 2021 and 2020 it confuses me but core set 20 had a card that was so strong that it had to get emergency banned emergency in standard banned. right the ban police yeah Rain uh, the place just woo whoop <laughs> get put your hands up field of the dead <laughs> like you're coming with us but not to outdo themselves wizards next set throne of eldraine had not one but two cards that had to be emergency banned in standard not only that one of them oko thief of crowns it's pretty much banned in every single format now so it it's not so much power creep as power, like power power, power assault pa- pa- <laughs> power nut shot <laughs> like just absolutely absolutely ridiculous I have no idea particularly Oko anyone this this is going to sound like a foreign language to you Ben so I'm sorry but like oh, anyone who plays Magic the Gathering will know how miserable playing against Oko Thief of Crowns is so just just take it from me it was not a good time and it's a shame because that set in particular Throne of Eldraine was themed around Arthurian legend and the the Grim Tales and like aesthetically it looked fantastic yeah. there were loads of like really cool cards about knights and all these old fairy tales it was great completely ruined by <laughs> these two cards yeah but, the, but just by the way it functions yeah 
So all in all, bad year for Magic nah. in terms of a solid net. But <laughs> mainly, um, the the issue is from game balance. Yes. Yeah. If you're com- if you, if you're even remotely a competitive player, it was not a great year. Yeah. Um. So that that's the state of play with Magic. So we, we ain't nominating any of them. Yep. Um. How how about our friends over at Games Workshop? Well. Well, I'll talk about Warcry a bit later on, um, because that that was really good. Yeah. But as far as Age of Sigmar went, which is you know like Josh plays Magic, Ben plays Age of Sigmar. That's that's my jam. Um, they they released a new expansion mm-hmm. called Forbidden Power. Uh, back in July. Sounds ominous. Yeah. Sounds, sounds powerful. Sounds cool, right? Yeah, Forbidden Power. I want to know about that. Um, this was an expansion that was intended to advance the story again, mm-hmm. which is a cool new thing they've been doing, right? Yeah. Because the, the story stagnated for, uh, I think, decades. Yeah. I think they retconned some stuff, but the actual narrative okay. didn't progress. Um, so F- Forbidden Power is an expansion along the the same lines as the Malign Sorcery. Yeah. Where you get a book, uh, you get some tokens, and there's some endless spells and things that... Okay. They're not, not necessarily soldiers, but they're things you can use with your army or yeah. on your, your game board. But the... It was just a bit meh as an expansion. Like, the Soul Wars came out, and that was phenomenal. Yeah, because it, it it totally changed the way the game was played. You had the cool new army with the night haunt, and everyone has since uh, Soul Wars came out gotten cool endless spells or something like that from it. Yeah, but with Malign Sorcery, they they really hyped. Sorry, not Malign Sorcery. With Forbidden Power, they really hyped up the fact that Sigmar's got these storm vaults and he's locked up all the and the, you know hence the Forbidden Power and mm-hmm. he's locked away either these really powerful artifacts sometimes entities Ooh. in these vaults and uh, they really hyped this up who this guy was and you just get this kind of weird distorted image at the end of the, right. they, the end of the book they didn't even reveal who he was what? yeah they just they just sort of teased it out turned out it's this new character who's the leader of the Ossiarch Bone Reapers alright more undead guys. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I love undead as well, but like, hmm. as far as character development goes, there's only so much you can do with the undead thing, you know. <laughs> um, so that is is the fact that they did the sort of J.J. Abrams mystery box thing. Yeah, where it's like, oh, it's a mystery. You're gonna love this, and like, okay, we're still waiting. Like, oh, we, the mystery is over here. Nah, don't like it. Okay. It's disappointing. What 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 would be locked away in your storm vault? Like, are you asking like me personally, or like what would I've liked to have been in the storm vault? Um, let's go with both. Let's hear the answer okay. for both. Um, I'll st- I'll start with with what I would have liked to be in the the, the 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 one that isn't insane. Yeah. So I I would like to have been uh, Vlad von Karsten oh. from, from the old world. Yeah. And I know some people are complaining about the amount of throwbacks to the old world, but Vlad was an awesome character. A conflicted character as yeah. well, because like, uh, yeah, yeah, he was evil. 
But he's like an anti-hero, though. There was there was an order to his what he wanted to do. Yeah, because in the end time story arc, he actually becomes an elector count and yeah. fights to defend the empire. Yeah, because he is, doesn't want chaos to no. overturn everything. Yeah. Which is a really cool thing, and I thought that could be interesting because I mean the good guys don't trust him, and the gash hates him. Yes, because he betrayed them. So you get this weird sort of middle ground mm. that he would have been in. That's what I was hoping for. Yeah. But alas. No. No Vlad. Just some boring minion. Mm-hmm. I would put flip-flops in mine. Just... What? <laughs> I hate flip-flops. Oh, right. We're, we're locking them up. This isn't something to be kept safe. This is something to keep away no, from the world. No, we're locking it away from the world right, so no okay. one can have them. So all the flip-flops are going in the storm vault. But... It, it, what? So hold on, what's what's your beef with flip flops? Well, one, they're unsightly, and you see people's ugly feet. And then the other thing is, you get this. Oh yeah. Type noise when people walk about in them, and people always insist upon wearing them in holiday. And you. So yeah. So okay, I'm completely with you. Okay. Um, don't like the sight of feet. They yep. disgust me. Yep. The worst part of the human anatomy. We should have hooves instead. Yeah. Uh, um, and the thing about the noise they make as well. Yeah, fair enough. But what do you wear on holiday? Like, I, by the I, pool? I would wear, um, like, vans, you know? But is that not a pain in... Is that not a pain in the arse, just getting in and out of the pool and, like, just... Oh, excuse me while I put my... Tie my shoelaces. No, 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 not the ones with shoelaces. On. Oh, the like, like the yeah. sort of the slip-on ones, yeah, like, right? Okay, like slip-on okay, okay. Canvas shoes. That's that's why. But I then they get wet. Yeah, but you're on holiday; they'll dry out. <laughs> Got an answer for everything. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> but it's true, right? It's yeah. like Well, no, fair, fair. Um, I don't know what I'd lock away in my storm vault. Um, a person, maybe. Well, I mean, if I want to do something for the greater good, maybe Nigel Farage, but yeah. I think, I think the, the, there's no point in doing that now. All the, <laughs> It's all done. <laughs> it's, it's all he, out there. I mean, he's still an awful person, but whatever. Yeah. Um, that's us alienating our 1% of UKIP voters. Yeah. Um, I, I would put and flip-flop wearers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I dare say we've got a few more flip-flop, flip, flip-flop wearers. Yeah. But I, I, I hate them. Okay. With a venom. I did no idea you hate them that much. I hate, I hate them so much. I hate the. I've got this weird thing about sounds though. Right. Like if if someone eats too loudly. There's a name for that. It actually makes me. What's the name for that? Like, I, I, apparently, I I have discovered in adulthood that other people have it, and it's an actual. It is a proper thing. Yeah. Recognized condition, but yeah, and, and flip flops are a sound that really make me angry. <laughs> Just, just want to punch a dude. Seriously, it's wow. so irritating. <laughs> okay, and, and it's the sight of them as well. It's Noted. The fact that they're they're cheap. They're, they're usually made from that disgusting. Sort of so I'm just I'm just laughing at how it. Okay. You listener can't see just how irritated Ben is getting by flip flops just by talking about them. Just thinking about them. Yeah. You know when you get them where it's that sort of plasticky sponge. Yeah. And they're usually like baby blue or yeah. pink and you can see how dirty the person's feet is because uh, the, yeah. and the you know and they get that gross it's like memory foam where the foot sort of impressed upon the foam of the flip flop <laughs> yeah 
Oh no, they're just okay. awful. Just, just the worst. And you get the ones where it's like <laughs> the, I believe it's called the like the thong, where it actually like goes between their toes. I thought that's the one you were talking about. And the toes are well, you get you get the flip flops where they there's like a velcro thing. That's right, like, okay. You know, like the more traditional flip flop where it the would, working man's yeah flip flop, which isn't quite as offensive as the the sponge with the the toe hook. For want of a better phrase, I can never wear those because I'd always get a blister. Yeah, well, you shouldn't wear them. Right. Well, noted. If we ever go on holiday, I am not wearing flip flops around you. Um, <laughs> for, fear, for fear of repercussions. <laughs> we were talking about uh, we were talking about games uh, yes. and expansions. There's another uh, notable expansion that we want to talk about before we actually reveal our winner of the category: Wingspan. Uh, the Wingspan expansion is lovely, by all yes. accounts. Um, it's not winning it, though, because it doesn't really do anything new. It's just yeah. more birds, which is great, Yeah, but it just doesn't actually change the game in any meaningful way. No. So, as far as I'm concerned, anyway. No, so we've not picked that. What we have picked, I feel like this might be a little controversial. I think some people are going to say we're cheating. Yeah, we we've picked sushi roll. Yeah, I think I. <laughs> yes, it's with dice. Yeah, it's it, but it is the same game, but just done differently. So it, it, it's fundamentally you've got all the the, the fun and decision making of sushi go, mm-hmm. but it's a more tactile experience. Yeah. And like we should say as well, like uh, as with Sushi Go and Sushi Go Party, the presentation is fantastic. Yeah, like the dice are really nice and chunky, sort of kawaii like yeah pieces with the and all the all the all all the little pieces on the dice, very clear, very distinct. You know exactly what it is that you've rolled there. Mm. So your your player board actually tells you how many times each symbol occurs in each dice as Mm -hmm. well. So it is. The player boards and like the little conveyor track, they're all yeah. really chunky as yeah. well, like hard wearing, uh, really nice on the eye, and uh, it's it's just a fun little game. Who doesn't like chuck and dice about? I know I do. Um, probably wouldn't be doing this if uh, if I didn't. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that that's our pick for best best expansion slash new edition. I suppose really a new edition ish. A new implementation. Ooh, very fancy. Yes. Very fancy. So that's what we've picked, and I, I think some people are going to say it's not a new edition and it's not a new expansion. Well, they can fight me. Yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not terribly threatening. I'm aware of that, but they can. Yeah, they will have to fight you. But that's that's more the thing of can they bring themselves to. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I just create like confusion by insisting on them fighting me. Yeah. Like they're just uh, like let's not analyze this. Well, put, <laughs> put, it, put it this way: I, I feel like the the demographic that's sort of listening to this are not really the the fighting types. No. So if faced with the choice of they they have to insist you're wrong and fight you or accept your difference of opinion. I think they're more inclined to accept your difference of opinion. That's fair. Yeah, uh, I'd like to think most of our listeners are reasonable adults. So, yeah. well, yeah. it's more the fact that I don't think they can actually fight. 
Oh, wow. Shots fired to listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Come and fight me. (laughs) I haven't announced it yet, but uh, the event at Aircon is going to be a boxing match where you can get in the ring with Ben. (laughs) I feel... Let's not do that. Yeah. Yeah. We're not not doing that. Yeah. Let's move on to best artwork. So, So... Best artwork... Just imagine just wingspan again right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, just fantastic looking game. Like uh the and it, like the it, the art style is so consistent and that's particularly impressive given how many individual bit uh, like art assets there are in that game. Well, uh, like how big's the deck? It's not just that. It's particularly impressive when you consider how diverse all the birds are yeah. as well because it, cause the there tends to be gen, generally speaking when when you're creating art for a game people like to have like a colour palette mm. like it'll be pastel tones or you know we're going to use black and neon or you know, yeah. the sci-fi the birds thing. are all over the place yeah birds are all kinds of wacky colours um, you, you know you get you get them as drab as you know the crows mm. But then you get, you know, totally crazy out there type bird. Like, like turkeys are all kinds of crazy yeah. colours. Yeah. So it it's just such a such a gorgeous game uh, to uh, to look at. I and mean, it's probably our runner up. I don't think I'm point. overstepping the mark when I say that, right? No, I would I would say so. I would say it's the runner up. And then I mean, Magic the Gathering nearly always has some interest in new artwork. Uh, like I said, uh, Throne of Eldraine, while being like a very bad expansion for the game, had some absolutely stunning artwork. In particular, Throne of Eldraine, because what they did in this set was select cards. They would do alternate art versions that you could just crack open. But instead of being in the normal Magic the Gathering mm. style, there's probably a, a better word for it, but like that that's all I can think of. Like the the sort of art style you associate with that game. Yeah. It was done in the art style of a fairy tale book. So it's, a, it's slightly different direction for the... Yeah, it looked, they looked like sort of a 19th century children's illustrations. Because normally magic is very... Sort of, I guess you could call it like... High fo- fantasy. But like photorealistic almost. Yeah, high fantasy realism. Yeah. Like, uh, they, they tend yeah, to go for... Yeah. There's some cartoonish flair in there, but... For the most part, it, it they try and keep it quite grounded and quite believable. Yeah, looking. like if you see a like a planeswalker, for instance, their hair might be on fire and all that, but they look like they look like how a person you'd yeah. expect to look. Whereas th- these bits of art, uh, they they were just absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um. But but uh, the the <laughs> the the experience of that set has tainted me <laughs> on my opinion of them. Yeah. So it's not it, that's not winning either. Yeah. Um, as far as Games Workshop, the, there's some absolutely phenomenal artwork f- uh, for Warcry again, because we we we're seeing a brand new uh, portion of mm-hmm. the Mortal Realms there in the Bloodwind Spoil. Yeah, which is uh, a portion of the Mortal Realms that has been completely infected with chaos. Oh, lovely! So it, where a lot of the artwork had been like that that sort of parasitic type chaos, mm. where like you can see trees and things, but they've got you know, like nurgly tendrils. Yeah, Th- this is like complete uh, chaos. 
complete chaos. If that makes, well, yeah. there, yeah. there, there, <laughs> ironically, is an order to chaos, but yeah. um, you, there's some really evocative artwork with the you know the fighters uh, clashing mm. and the uh, Fire Slayer book came out very early. You are a little biased. I'm a little biased on that. But there's some really awesome, new, I mean, who doesn't like new dwarf artwork? Dwarfs fighting things. Yeah. Dwarfs on fire. Dwarfs fighting. on fire fighting things. Yeah. 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 So some really cool artwork. And kind of similar to the Magic the Gathering artwork there where it's like high fantasy on a really epic scale. So mm-hmm. it's always really cool when you see brand new Games Workshop art because they do have a tendency to recycle yeah, a lot of their assets. Looking at you, John Blanche yeah. illustrations. Yeah. So that 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 was neat. But as far as the the best artwork that we saw in a game uh, this year, I I have to say it was Parks. So this is this is why we've had to sort of tweak the uh, wording, yeah. the exact wording of the award. Because the the trouble with Parks is uh, the artwork wasn't specifically created for the game. No, but it is the first game that to use the, the artwork. The artwork is, of course, uh, the absolutely iconic uh, lithographs representing the state parks of the United States of America. Yeah. And if you have not seen them before, check them out. They are bloody gorgeous. Is the um, yeah. only way that I can describe them. And what's nice about them is that they all feel like they work together, but they are all completely different. Like not not just down to what they're representing, but even like the the styles that they use. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of them they're because I, I was looking through the artist names, and some of them were like wacky. Like you know, it's obviously like a person's username. Or something yeah, sure. Like that. Um, and then some of them are established illustrators as well yeah um so it means that you've got very wildly varying pieces of art within that but somehow they just all feel like they work i guess like they're all made in that same spirit of they each bring like the parks an individual character and uniqueness to them Mm -hmm. i quite like that you know that that is evident within the design you know first of all of the print series and then with within the game itself yeah but you have that cool thing of uh you know within the game whenever you reveal a new card everyone has that oh moment and they you know they're fawning over it and that's that's a very rare thing in a yeah. game with like it's quite normal to like play a game and you'll see a cool bit of art and you'll be like oh that's all right oh that's all right parks you're absolutely right. You, you, people stop playing to acknowledge and look and the pass lord over yeah, yeah. The, the the artwork. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was a no brainer, really, in uh, in giving in giving Parks a nod. I've just realised, right? I've just been thinking. I've been to the US a couple of times. Right? I don't think I've ever been to any of their national parks. I I think I've been to a, a few of them. Right, but that's because. I think most of the national parks are Midwest. Midwest um, to West Coast, yeah. right. Because well, that's that, like where Yellowstone yeah. and like... Well, it's it's the frontier, isn't it? Yeah. It's the... There's some in the Northeast, though. Oh, yeah, there? yeah, there is some. Yeah, for sure. So it's the, the Northeast that I've been to the most. There's a few in uh, the likes of uh, like Louisiana, Florida, mm-hmm. places like that. 
but generally speaking, I think most of them are in the the more untamed parts of the the country yeah. for, for you know, obvious it's, reasons. It's actually crazy when you think about it because obviously we we are at the grand scheme of things a very small island yep. like compared to uh, America, and you don't really get a sense of scale until you're there. I remember last time I was over there, we ended up. Uh, we were in Connecticut and we were going to this resort that was just in the middle of a forest. And when I say in the middle of a forest, I mean in the middle of a humongous sea of trees. Yeah. Like, I've never... It's hard to imagine how in the United States people get lost in the woods and tragically don't make it back. Yeah. But that is just how big those is that natural really- parks are. There's a short story called The Wendigo mm. and there's a really great description of it because it's from the perspective of a Brit yeah. in Canada. Right. So North America. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he says that the forests of America are not like the forests of Britain, that they're primeval. And that's like that that encapsulates Yeah, it. well, no, they are. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. That... Um, yeah, that's something something to do the next time I, I I go over whenever that will be. So I, off the top of my head, I've been to Death Valley. I have been to the Grand Canyon, so National Park. Yeah, as well. of course. Um, and like, it is encompassed within a national park. I can't remember which, but I have been to Lake Tahoe, which is is that Yellowstone. I don't know. No, it's, it's not. It's not Yellowstone. It's, right. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it is. It's uh, part of a national. It's park. part of a national park, and uh, Lake Tahoe is one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. Death Valley sounds he- so heavy metal. Yeah. Does so, it look heavy metal? Not, not in the way you would expect. Okay. There, there's not a lot there. <laughs> well, hence death. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the driest places on earth. So some very very specialized animals mm. live there. Wow! Um, so it's in Nevada, right? It's in Nevada, going into California. Right. Okay. That was, that was my guess. Anyway, um, have we ever mentioned your uncle on the podcast? Uh, I don't think so. Ben, ben has an uncle who lives in Vegas. Yeah. So. Yeah. I I kind of figured it was within shooting distance of Vegas. Yeah. Well, it was when when. We drove through when I was eight. Actually. Right. Oh wow. Okay. Um, and it was it was when we it was when my uncle still stayed in North California. Right. Okay. And uh, we we drove through uh, Death Valley as part of our little road trip because we went to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we drove to to Vegas, and I, I've got this really cool memory mm-hmm. of uh, when I was eight. I'd, uh, you know, we were doing the drive, and I'd fallen asleep, mm-hmm. and I woke up in Las Vegas, like just on the strip. So I'd fallen asleep in the desert. Yeah, there's nothing there. Like you know, it's it's literally black. Yeah, you can just see as far as your headlights. Like we we saw a desert fox. Oh, that's cool. Run across yeah. the the road at one point, but I fell asleep and I woke up in Las Vegas, like with all the just lights. All on. the lights. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing! And, like it, it's it's made that bit more surreal by the fact that you're just a child. Yeah, I'd love to go. Yeah, like I know I know people like 
sometimes criticise Vegas for being fake. I would say this, like Vegas to me seems like it knows it's fake and it's all right with it. It's embracing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I, I would quite like to see what to it's To people about. that have never gone, this sounds weird, but there are really classy parts of Las Vegas. No, I it, imagine there is. It is one of these sort of all-purpose entertainment metropolises. Yeah. Uh, they they have a massive esports arena there now as well. Yeah, I, I know, and um, I know with a lot of the tabletop tournaments, their right. bigger their marquee event will be in. Uh, well, we got the Las Vegas Open for like miniatures gaming, yep. and then invariably the biggest Grand Prix in the Magic the Gathering circuit will be whatever Grand Prix is being held at Vegas yep. that year. So, and I think it's just as simple as because it's not necessarily the most central Vegas. No. But it's that thing of we can turn it into a holiday, we might as well go. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I've been tempted. That's yeah. I think what I'd do is if I went to Vegas I'd tie it in with like either either uh, a big Magic the Gathering event or some sort of big convention yeah. over there. Uh Gen Con is not in Vegas, so I can't do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway. We have our best miniatures range. So, which which line of games workshop miniatures are we going to give it to this year? Well, I actually we we discussed this before we come on the show. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, may surprise some people to hear that we actually do talk about things. Before we we don't just I for on. one just wing everything, yeah, but we, like, we don't just come on here and run our mouths. Um, <laughs> one of the things that is irking me a little bit about. The, some of the recent releases from Games Workshop is they actually feel quite over-designed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and it, it's funny because I'm, like, you, you're much better painter than I am. Right? I am uh, uh, functional. Yeah, you hold your own. Yeah. Um, but it's actually really intimidating to sit down in front of a miniature that has just detail like all over the place. It feels some. It feels when they do that as if it's designed to be a boutique miniature, mm. because it's a level of detail that I, someone who's primarily a gamer is not really concerned about. Well, no, no, because most of the time you spend with these miniatures, you're probably a good like four to six foot away from them. Yeah. So. <laughs> so so most people that are primarily gamers are only concerned about how that mm. miniature looks. From a distance of a foot at the most, probably. Yeah. And when when they're like covered in medals and like battle scars and like all these like weird little decals, it's uh, it loses something. Yeah, I, I, th- I think over designed is the word for it because I think more detail doesn't necessarily make something better. Yeah, I mean you ju- you just you have to, like look at the popularity of like some of the the artwork in popular culture like you look at like a lot of the cartoons we grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was re-watching uh, Dexter's Lab oh cracking cartoon I was, I was watching episodes of Dexter's Lab uh, Sunday morning and the simplicity of those characters oh yeah I mean they are um, <laughs> they are very just much like block shapes a collection of like a collection of very simple shapes, and it somehow makes a child. And they're not going to be improved by more detail. No. So I I think that that that's and it's something that um Tom and I talked about uh, quite a bit recently, 
uh, similar to yourself, like a friend of Tom's was saying that he feels that a lot of the miniatures are too detailed to the point where it actually demotivates them from painting it. Aye, so what's the point? Yeah, like how am I going to make that look good when it's yeah. got that level of detail on it? However, we do say this, uh, but they are still putting out some fantastic products as well. I think particularly the Warcry stuff yeah. this year, we thought... Um, and I think actually this sort of speaks to our line of argument because as much as they've got some phenomenal poses on them, there's a simplicity to a lot of the Warcry range that I think has been missing from a lot of their recent designs. They're fairly, yeah, they're fairly bare bones. I hate that, uh, the the new Abaddon. Oh, with the off button on his back. There's, there's just too much going on. on him. <laughs> But yeah, you're you're right. It's like it's like they're trying. They're, it's it's some sort of weird pissing contest of look how much stuff we can put on this little miniature. Yeah, and like I I know I understand that whole thing of you know you want a miniature to tell a story, but again, just tell tell one story. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just because your story is a thousand pages long doesn't make it more interesting. Mm. It's... So uh, what what is the winner? So, we we've we've picked um, something a, a little bit more unusual this year. Uh, we we have decided to go with the Mortal Gods character range uh, f- for the game Mortal Gods. Mm. So the, these are a miniature range that are they are primarily available through. Footsore, and it's the, the 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 company that publishes the game. I think they're they've had some problems with their 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 uh, their name because originally they were War Banner, right? And then they were Grey for now because they ran into a little uh, litigation, a little 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 litigation. <laughs> uh, can't imagine who with. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but yes, uh, they. Uh, th- they speak to to me anyway. They are a bit of less is more. Yeah. Uh, in, in stark contrast to the over-designed uh, stuff of Games so Workshop. I'm, a, I'm actually holding one just now, and like what one of the things that the guys who are a lot more experienced with with miniatures will tell you is that you can immediately tell uh, a miniature that's been hand sculpted mm-hmm. from one. That in CAD been, that's been computer drawn uh, or computer sculpted and it's one of the reasons that I, I really liked the a lot of the, the Forge World stuff because a lot of that was hand sculpted especially yeah. like the, the monsters or at least it was minimal uh, computer aided drawing mm-hmm. it just feels like there's a little bit more love in them yeah it's a weird thing see if you ask me like my favourite miniatures that I have like I think my favourite miniature is that old necromancer that I have. Yeah. The one I think he's from the eighties. Uh and he's such a simple model, but you can you can tell so much about his character just by looking at him. Yeah. And uh, likewise with these guys as well. Like we're looking at uh who I imagine to be some sort of cap- uh, some sort of captain of the guard here. Yeah. So we've got um so Mortal Gods is a Greek skirmish game, ancient Greek skirmish mm-hmm. game. Um, so it's it's mainly hoplites, and I have here a, a Greek locos, which I believe is equivalent to like a captain rank yeah. officer. 
because he's got the, the the more fancy plumage mm-hmm. on his on his helmet. He's got the you can see it's like the Corinthian style helmet where it's got the nose guard that yep. comes down, very iconic. Um, and he's got a humongous spear. Way, way. Penis jokes. Yeah. Uh. Um, but you know, there's there's the there's a degree of like motion to his cape. He looks yeah, like he's, he's kind of standing in the, in a in a light breeze. <laughs> but he, he he looks quite defiant, you know. He's yeah. sort of evokes like the. Well, I, I've actually given him a Spartan shield, and that's what he looks like. He's mm. shouting down the enemy, and I I just think they're they're true true scale. Uh, Twenty eight, I think. But still full of character, even though they are yeah. realistically posed. Yeah, they're, they're a beautiful range of miniatures, and I think we, in in light of the fact that that we've we have been quite critical of the direction that Games Workshop seem to be taking, I don't think it it would be right to, to to give it to them. And yeah. I think I think in many ways the Mortal Gods range is the antithesis of the direction that Games Workshop have been heading in recently. So yeah. So there we are. Mortal Gods wins the uh, best miniatures. Uh, so on to now on to the best game of 2019 for us. So what 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 honourable mentions do we want to talk about first? Probably a lot that we've already discussed. To be mm. fair, or a lot of games we've mentioned. Well, the the big one for me was Warcry. Yeah. So our, our regular listeners will know I became a, a father uh, for the first time last year, mm-hmm. and my my gaming time has been somewhat shrunk diminished <laughs> as a as a result of that and it it sounds silly but it, it feels almost like Warcry was a war game <laughs> designed for new dads right because <laughs> it, it it hits all the same the same beats and all the interest and decision making of a game of Age of Sigmar but it's played in a fraction of the time mm-hmm. and you can play it on a kitchen table on a coffee table people say that about war games in general you can play it in a kitchen no, table no you can't bollocks very few of them actually <laughs> have a footprint small enough to accommodate that yeah Warcry does it comes with boards mm-hmm. which again I think they're obviously trying to coax over uh, some tempt some of the board gamers, yeah, because I mean that that's just surged massively, mm-hmm. and to that end, they've really been pushing the boxed games, and they did the fantastic value for money set of uh, for Warcry, where it came literally with everything you needed to play. Yep, two warbands. Because again, they full say warband. they say that about the like the the two army starter sets, everything you need to play again. No, 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 not strictly true. No. But everything that you needed to play Warcry was in that box. Yeah. And it's to me, uh, it very much reminds me of the way the game plays. Reminds me of like the action economy of games like Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder. It's a weird thing to say, and it it seems redundant to say, but that feels very different to um, to most miniatures games. Well, even that that's a really good comparison that I hadn't thought of because. Um... More often than not, you've got your two actions in a turn, which yep. is very much a role-playing That's game. That's a thing, Dungeons right? and Dragons yeah. thing, right? And you've also got the the dice that you roll determine what abilities you can activate. Yep. So you've got 
usually you've got two abilities you can activate in a turn and mm-hmm. you have to be quite clever about the turn that you do this the order that you do things in yeah no i i really admired uh the team behind it uh at gw uh, because they did think out of the box i mean I, I love kill team but kill team is basically just a scale down 40k this feels very different yeah this feels very different the, the fact that you can play it I, I, again the I feel like a lot of um, skirmish games make promises that they just do not deliver on, <laughs> whereas Warcry is a small footprint game that mm-hmm. you absolutely can play in under half an hour. Yeah. So, uh, that is most definitely an honourable mention. Uh, I I would like to talk about Villagers. Let's talk about Villagers. I like it. <laughs> There we go. Uh, no, but uh, for me, it was. Um, I love drafting games. Yeah. Right? Uh, and I, I don't know what it is about villagers. It, it's not the artwork because I'm not a fan of the artwork. Um, I find it a little disturbing. <laughs> but but the the way the game plays itself. It's funny because I I found the artwork quite quaint and I I kind of like the the uniformity yeah. to it and the the way like it, it kind of reminded me of like you know sort of cuckoo clock figures. Yeah, I think I think that kind of creeps me out. Okay. Yeah. Like it's do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of it's a small world. And it's a small world is the creepiest ride in Disney. That creeps you out. Yes. Why? Little dolls. Little dolls singing. It's a small world after all. It... I'm cutting that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you not heard the ghost story about It's a Small World? No. It's a ghost story about the LA one. Like, it, 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 the ride goes off at night on its own accord. And no one knows why. Seriously? Like, yeah. Yeah, and there's all sorts of urban myths around why it does that. You know, like, oh, someone died in the ride and all of that. Yeah. I think that's all unfounded. But what is known is that it does just start up by itself. At night? Yep. No one's there. Why has no one looked into that? I don't know. Presumably no one wants to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that could be the shivers. Yeah, right. oh. exactly, right? Oh, so you understand now why I find the, the artwork in Villagers a bit creepy. Yeah, yeah, I find it creepy now as well. Yeah. So, um, no, I, but in terms of gameplay, it scratches a couple of itches for me. I love drafting. I love engine building. Um, how would you say you're on the game itself? You were a bit lukewarm? Yeah, I'd say so. I I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't love it, but I didn't despise it. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that I feel like games where you're accruing money for the sake of it feel a bit futile for me. Oh, not for me. I I I, I, love I quite that. I quite like it to be baked into another objective. Right. Whereas when you are just accruing money for the sake, it just feels yeah, it just feels futile to me. I think I think there's also the fact that I feel kind of. <laughs> I feel kind of married to Sushi Go, if that makes sense. Oh right, that's your that's your drafting that's, game of that's choice. That's my that's my one and only. But uh, Villagers is drafting and engine building. It but is. You're, are you are you not that keen on engine building though? Again, 
I don't like this thing of this is the mechanic of the game and that's it. I I I, I kind of like games to be like a bit more blend, no, blend it's, together. It's fair enough. It's fair enough. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I, I like I like Gizmos. Gizmos is a fun engine. Yeah, game. yeah. Um, and yeah, I just I I wasn't as um, enthusiastic about it as other people were. I guess. Yeah. So um, and Parks was another great game. I I uh, yeah. Um, I haven't had a chance to play much of it. You mm. you you've got it. Yes. And backed it on Kickstarter yeah. immediately, if I recall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've 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 played a few games of it now. I have. Yeah. And it it's just a, it feels quite similar to to Kaido. Mm-hmm. Um, but ob- I I think it's got a lot more replayability because to Kaido's obviously this is the board and that's yeah that's and that's it. Played. Whereas you've got a lot more variation with parks because mm-hmm. of the just the way that the card decks and the building and the trails and things yeah. like that work out so it's similar to Kai- to Tokaido but I think I like parks better than Tokaido okay uh, one because I mean Tokaido's a good looking game but mm-hmm. parks is stunning yes and it has more replayability mm-hmm. I think so uh, you dear listener probably trying to guess what our game of the year is and it's the elephant in the room or shall I say the bird in the room oh, uh-huh. oh. Swingspan of course yeah. it's Wingspan Wingspan's great yeah it's funny though because this is the like I think since we've been doing the podcast this is like the first time that we actually agree with a lot critical of the... consensus yeah, yeah. yes um, but uh, it's true it, so when, when it, for us when it comes down to picking our game of the year it, it, it's a very simple criteria and it's what is the game that we kept coming back to what's the one that we, we always wanted to and play then, again and then the second sort of litmus test that goes by the consensus of the team if people if you know if we're maybe there's a couple because for, for me I felt like I was swinging between Wingspan and Warcry for a bit but I think from what what made me commit to Wingspan in the end was the fact that so many people immediately loved the game. My mum loved the game. Yeah. Which surprised me because as far as games go, I think Wingspan is probably a little... Yeah, it's... It's, it leads it's more to the more complex. I Well, I certainly wouldn't describe it as gateway. Like no. I, 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 I would... Uh, it's not one that I would think of putting down in front of like my family yeah so uh but i mean it speaks volumes that um you have and it's gone over really well yeah because it isn't uh, a terribly easy game to to wrap your head around particularly if you're not into these games mm-hmm. and when when charlotte and i first played it certainly it took us a couple of goes to wrap mm-hmm. our heads around it but because we've played it so much now i can teach it to anyone yeah and i think it says a lot of, like uh, we're, <laughs> we're one of my Funniest moments, just for myself, uh, last year was getting way too excited to play a turkey, which I never thought would happen to me in a game. Yeah. There we go. So um, no, it's uh, it came out really early in the year as well, uh, but it's been pretty much consistently played here right throughout the year. I would, I would say. say. So. 
Yeah. Like, uh, we haven't wanted to put it down. There's one other thing that we forgot to mention. Uh, 2019 was the first year where we both got to play Root. It was. Uh, uh, but we can't we can't give Root the award because it wasn't uh, it wasn't uh, <laughs> it wasn't released in 2019. I think I think I would I still there was quite always when we do these awards there's quite a few games that we play after the fact that would have met the criteria for the award yeah. had we played it and you, you get a bit of trepidation because you do feel that oh what if we play one that was better than mm. something that we picked I, as much as I really liked Root I don't feel that it was necessarily better than Koi no I, I, th- I think Root is an extremely difficult game to learn yeah, I mean, while we were just describing Wingspan as like, oh, it's it's leaning towards more complex, not a gateway game. Root is complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Do not let that cuddly artwork fool you. And it's, it's one of these ones where it is so complicated and is t- such a time sink where this part of me is almost like, do I really need to own it? Like, how often am I, am I actually going to get that yeah. to the table? Yeah. But... Um... But yeah, Wingspan, our game of the year for 2019. So there you have it. That's our uh, that's our little wrap up of 2019. The burbs win. Yeah, the bur- the burbs win. Yep. So um, you did mention in a previous episode at some point over the coming months we're going to do a review of uh, the decade as well. Yes, we are. We obviously it's going to take us a little bit of time to collate that, but we are planning to do. A bit of a retrospective on uh, the period of 2010 to 2019, to 2019 and we will look back on uh, what we felt some were some of the highlights of the, the decade. And by all means, you, dear listener, if there's anything that you feel deserves a mention... Oh, you within, beat me to it. ...within an episode. Beat me to it. Yeah, but by all means, hit us up on Facebook, on Discord on uh, all the relevant and irrelevant social media channels uh, and uh, yeah we'll we'll try and uh, address as much as we can yep so without further ado i think that is us for the night so yep. thank you for listening guys and until next time take care bye bye, bye.